Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the fourth quarter comeback. I am your host, Six Pack Pat O'Connor, along with Red Zone Rick. Rick, how are you today? I'm good, Pat. Ready to get the show on the road. All right, and it is going to be one hell of a show. We are going to talk about last week's divisional games, and more importantly, we are going to talk about the championship games and see who we're picking to go to that Super Bowl. On top of that, you can find us and follow us on Twitter at 4QC Show. You can find me at Six Pack Pat with the number six, and you can find Rick at Rick Red Zone. You can also find us on Facebook at our show page, The Fourth Quarter Comeback. Now, Rick, let's just dive right on in. Last week's games, the divisional rounds, the Chiefs beat the Colts 31-13. The Rams beat the Dallas Cowboys 30-22. The Rams put up 273 rushing yards. That's pretty damn spectacular. The Patriots beat the Chargers 41-28. And the New Orleans Saints took out Nick Foles, ending the, the fantasy and probably his tenure in Philadelphia once again. They beat the Eagles 20-14 to in a great comeback. They came back from down 14. Eagles, they started strong. They didn't have anything left after that, though. So, Rick, I would have lost terribly last week. All the home teams won. I only chose one, as you know. So, what stood out to you last week, Rick? What did you see? Well, what stood out to me was... uh the Chargers choking it up. That, yes, that that's exactly where I was going to go to. Go for it. That definitely stood out to me. Um, it was just shocking to see that happen, you know, with such a sense of urgency. We felt like coming into the, that week, we thought the Chargers were going to come out to play and finally get over that hump. You know, we thought Phillip Rivers was going to come out and finally get a win against Tom Brady. And they made a fool out of me, Rick. A fool. They, they totally shit the bed. They made a fool out of me as well. I picked them to win, you know, and... They totally shit the bed. I don't know if it's not being prepared, but they were just too fucking stubborn. They didn't change. Yeah. I don't understand what the point playing was. Playing zone How defense. you come in and play that soft zone the entire damn time? And then it was the same game plan to use against the Ravens. Like, we understand why you use that game plan against the Ravens. You wanted to have the extra defensive back to account for Lamar Jackson's speed on the outside. But... Why employ the same tactic against Tom Brady? No Where was he sense. going? That made no damn sense. I and then no it. adjustments. No adjustments whatsoever. At halftime, you're down big. You get down early. You you still play the same soft zone. Yeah, I really don't get it. When they saw that the zone was just getting destroyed early on, I mean, that game was over the second the Chargers didn't convert and they had to punt on their second possession there. Once they didn't match the Patriots' score, you could tell it was over. Because the Patriots were just tearing them up, left, right, down the middle, everywhere. Because that zone, you can't play that against Belichick, against Brady, against those receivers. Gronk, they made Gronk look kind of good again. That was a weak performance. And with that kind of pass-rushing ability, how are you not just stacking the box? And with those runners that the Patriots have, too. Because Sonny Michel, I mean... This guy's using all nine lives in his first year, but this guy's pretty damn amazing, too. Like, he's going to be a really good running back for years yeah, to come. Depends on who they get for quarterback, obviously. McDaniels will be his coach eventually, so he might run him into the ground. So I'm not going to sell him too high, but he is the talent, let's put it that way, to be a hell of a runner for years to come. 
So I just didn't get it. How do you not adjust halftime? You go in and say, all right, we got to change this thing. We got to bring the fucking pain. We got to get in Brady's face and tear him apart. That has got to be the way that you were thinking. And they just, they, they let off the throttle. They played the same weak defense. It, I don't, it wasn't a weak defense when they played Lamar Jackson. Like you said, that was a sound strategy. That was the right strategy for that game. But don't put yourself in one box, especially against one of the greatest franchises ever, and you're going to fucking just set them up for complete success. That's all I kept thinking throughout the whole game was like, you know, it's hard enough to beat Brady when you're on your P's and Q's, let alone beat Brady when you're just shitting the bed all over the place. Exactly. They gave him way too much of an opening, and you give the Patriots, as they are now, and as they have been for the past 17 years, an opening, they're going to take it. If you leave the door open, they're going to walk through and walk all over you. So that was a just a bad performance by the Chargers. Also, our uh, our Colts, unfortunately, that fell apart. I mean, it was pretty nasty weather all around for the weekend, even in L.A., but uh, it wasn't as bad as they initially said with all the snow. Like, the snow conditions weren't terrible, but the Colts, it was just... It was the complete opposite of what we've come to expect. The Colts were not able to protect Andrew Luck. The offensive line looked as dismal as it has been at any point this year. And the Chiefs' defense is stepping up at the exact right time. They put the pressure on. You got D. Ford. The rest of those boys, they were getting to Luck. They were getting in the backfield. And they were causing a lot of disruption the Chiefs, their defense came to play. They were breaking down the, the Colts' offensive line. I mean, that was the tale right there. That was the whole story of the game. They couldn't protect Luck. I think the Colts ran away from the run. If you, you know, if you <laughs> I, will, I will follow you there. <laughs> they, they, they stopped running the ball. You know, you were having decent success. I mean, I know you got down early, but there was some some opportunity there for you to run the ball and and try to get yourself some momentum and. They never did. So I think that that led to them being, you know, strictly one-dimensional after that. You know, once the Chiefs put up a couple of more scores on them, it was like, well, all he's going to do is throw the ball now, so let's just release the Hounds. And D. Ford, like you said, Justin Houston, they came to play, you know. They came to rush the quarterback, and they got to luck. And it was, it was, um, it was surprising to me a little bit because going into the game, I thought that the Colts had the better all-around team and, I thought defense would come to play, and Kansas City just came out and shocked them. Yeah, they smacked them in the mouth, and I don't think the Colts were expecting it at all. So here we are now. We got Mahomes, the Chiefs. They get to host the AFC Championship game. That's going to be a big one. I was just very let down by the Colts, but they had a hell of a run. I'm not going to downplay that. We can't necessarily say they're a rebuilding franchise or anything like that at this point, but they've got the money. They've got the resources they have all they have a lot of room the coaching the young talent they're on the come up big time big time cowboys just couldn't get it done they went out to la i mean it was a close enough one but it really wasn't ever that close the rams just their rushing attack let me tell you something Gurley, now that he's able to kind of take a step back take a little time off rest easy the whole thing's not on his shoulders and the bowling ball, that is C.J. Anderson. You're welcome, 
LA fans, the Raiders, they picked him up, they let him go, they gave him to you guys, and he has been nothing but spectacular since playing in LA. I don't know if he's just out there to prove a point or what, but he is wreaking havoc between the two of them, 273 rushing yards, as I said, on a Cowboys defense that was great this year. I just thought the Rams just outclassed the Cowboys in this one. There's really not a lot more to it. Obviously, the Cowboys' uninspired play calling has led to uh, Scott Linehan actually being fired as offensive coordinator, so they're not going to get rid of Garrett, as we've been calling for. He's going to be clapping his way to an extension, but uh, they are going to get a new offensive signal caller, we hope, and it's not Jason Garrett himself. They'll reach down to the college ranks, get a new offensive coordinator, and we'll see what happens from there. What were your impressions on that one? Anything big? Um, I just kind of – I was really let down by the Dallas Cowboys, man. I thought – I didn't think they would win. You know, I thought they would keep it close. But they just, like, totally let me down. Play calling, like you said, was horrible. They got outplayed, outclassed. That defensive line just hammered that offensive line all game long and vice versa when the Rams were on offense. That offensive line was hammering that defensive line all up and down the field. They won this game in the trenches. The Rams really won this game in the trenches, which is a good, you know, it bodes well going forward for them because, you know, it's playoff time. And I know the cliche is almost dead, but we still have some time here to kind of save it. Defense still kind of wins championships and it showed, you know, uh, the Rams came to play. There's something to be said for keep to leave on the field, honestly. Going forward, oh, it changed. It really does change the whole layout of the whole defense for the Rams. You know, I'm not a big Talib fan, but I think they're giving up something like ten points less per game with him on the field. I mean, that's a pretty damn insane fucking stat. <laughs> that's the truth, right there. The quarterback I rating mean, dropped like thirty points down to like seventy four from like a hundred and ten. Don't don't quote me, but this is what I saw earlier. I just can't remember specifically. But I know there were some bit, pretty big drops, and I just I thought mean, to myself, like, all wow. the difference. Yeah, you have a big star like that across from Peters. That takes a lot of the burden off of Peter. It's it's almost like the equivalent of having Anderson in the backfield with Gurley. It just now, takes that pressure off, and it makes life a little bit easier, and they're able to excel and play a lot better. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how Sean Payton is going to game plan against Tlaib, knowing that Tlaib is on the outside. Um you, I think he's going to want to put Michael Thomas on the outside at all. I think that Tlaib is going to shadow him whenever he's on the outside. So I think that Peyton might game plan to put Michael Thomas in the slot a little bit more this game. So I'm kind of anxious to see where is that going to take the the Saints offensive play call. Yeah, you just get someone and, like a Ginn or someone or if Watson, if he's not, you know, fucking being cut up in a hospital for appendicitis and just streak them down the field, you know, bring that defense back and leave the middle of the field open for Michael Thomas to do what he does. I think Peyton really loves the the idea of Michael Thomas versus Marcus Peters, but I don't think that he likes the idea of Tlaib versus Thomas, especially being so physical that, you know, how Tlaib is, man, press on the line. I like Michael Thomas, though, dude. I hear what you're saying, but I I think Michael Thomas is the type that's not backing down from shit. You see how he 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 claps back on, uh, I don't want to be a Twitter tough guy, but, you know, he claps back on Twitter a lot. 
he he talks the talk and he walks the walk you know he was calling out josh norman and he was shitting all over him and he's not scared to go up against any corner safety linebacker anybody in this league he knows that he can score on anybody he's that damn good so i look forward to that matchup i know i absolutely agree with you peyton is praying that they put Peters on him, but uh, I I don't think they're going to be that lucky. At least no, I don't think. I don't think I don't think they're going to find themselves in a situation like that. I think that if the Rams are smart, when Michael Thomas is in the slot, they'll bracket him, okay. And when he's on the outside, either side on the outside, Talib should shadow him, bump him on the line, make him earn it. You know what I mean? If he's going to get it, oh well, let you know, make it be physical. You know, I don't care if Talib is getting flags, whatever. Get in his face, frustrate him, you know, get him off the route, push him around, you know, make him think about other things besides running routes. Make him think about, you know, getting back at you. I don't care. And that's what Talib does so well. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be great to see this matchup on the field, how it unfolds. And um, I'm thinking that it's going to count for something. You know, especially with the Rams running game stepping up right now. Um, yeah, so I expect, the, you know, the Rams to um, kind of slow the pace down a little bit, if you will. Absolutely. Now we're jumping ahead of the pace a little bit there. Yeah, you're, I like it. You're revved up. You're ready to go for the championship games. So that's Saints-Eagles. Saints, they, uh, they came back pretty strong this past week. They took the Eagles down. They were losing by 14. That was the biggest uh, playoff comeback ever. Breeze, man, I mean, he's just, he's solid. He gets it done. He starts, he might start a little shaky, but he's always going to get that job done. Foles, like I said, he's probably all done in uh, Philly. I don't see, although I really think they've got to look into this contract option, see if they should just hold on to both. Because Wentz's injuries, I don't trust it. And who better out there? Plus, I think if Foles were smart, he'd look at it and say, uh, listen, I know what I've done out there. I know what I did with the Rams. I know what I did with the Chiefs. I'm just, I'm not as an effective quarterback on other teams. But here in Philly, with this scheme, something special happens. So maybe I should just put my pride aside, maybe take a little bit of a deal, they took care of me with injury. They gave me the million, you know. Let's let's work something out here and let me stay in Philly. I think Foles should put his pride aside a little bit. Maybe take a little bit less than the twenty million or whatever the hell they have to give him. Uh, I just I think Foles should really want to stay in Philly no matter what. What do you think there? Uh man, that's a tough call, you know, because you always want pride. Out. Exactly, you want to yeah, be the you star. Always you always want to be money. the big shot. You know what I mean? But um. Like you said, you know, it, it seems to work in Philly. And I'm not completely sold on Wentz, man. The way Nick Foles makes this offense look as, you know, compared to Carson Wentz, you know, after the injury since he's been back, it, it just doesn't look the same. You know what I mean? It looks like Nick Foles is just more explosive in this offense. He uses his wide receivers more. office would push them, push the mm-hmm. agenda of getting rid of Foles? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to lead it somewhere else. Go where you want to go. Tell me. I'm, you know, man, it's it's a big risk, you know, because if you ship him off and he goes off somewhere else and he becomes a stud like you thought he was going to be, then you look like an asshole. But I'm thinking what I've seen so far from Wentz, 
what is he is he that much better than Foles? What have you seen? I don't think so. I've already said to you quite a few times over, you're able to get a decent amount. You're definitely going to get a first back. round back. You're going to yeah, get at least a first rounder back. A so, first okay. and a third for sure. Exactly. 100% first so what did you give up originally? A two firsts, I think, and a third and something else. I think they, they already they had a, a wash with third round picks or fourth. I don't remember exactly. but Now, can you take that first and a third and can you make something out of that to still be a winning team now? Absolutely. Why couldn't you? You take the first and third. You give complimentary pieces, and then you okay, it's a wash. You spent that first round pick, and you have your quarterback in Foles. So you roll with that. You roll with Foles, and you pick up a couple of extra players to help out. I mean, an extra first, an extra third—that'd be a damn good pickup. And there's a lot of teams out there that would pay that price. If Ooh. you're you're telling me Jacksonville is going to trade for Foles, probably, or or just sign Foles. Put him under DiFilippo down there and see what happens. But they wouldn't make a big move for Wentz. Come on, the Giants. I mean, I know you don't want to trade him within the, the division and give the Giants Wentz, Odell, and Saquon. That might be you know signing your own death certificate. I don't know, but you got to fucking make some kind of move. So I don't think they'll let it happen that way. I think, as I was saying originally, I think the front office could be pushing the agenda to get Foles out of town. Thanks, but time to move on because we got to protect the image of Wentz and make sure everything looks... Because they don't want to have this quarterback controversy going on. Let's say they do keep Foles, and then Wentz is underperforming again for the first half of the season. Then people start calling for Wentz to sit and Foles to come in. So I just I don't think that's a situation that they want. I think they're happier to just move on, get what they can, and just, you know, let Foles go out the door, get a new backup quarterback, move on. That's my guess. Well, it's definitely something that we could put in the pot and discuss later on in one of our future shows. Oh, 100%. This is going to be plenty of cannon fodder for this one. I got we're going to be talking about this a lot, I think, going into the new year, the new season opening, free agency, the draft for sure. A lot of stuff's going to be going down there. So, NFC Championship game. NFC Championship game. The Rams are at the Saints. Why are they at the Saints? Because the Saints beat the Rams earlier in the season in the Dome, 45-35. So, you already got to start it off. We're already talking about Peyton game planning for Michael Thomas, hopefully putting him in the slot seeing if they can maneuver around those defensive backs. Does offensive genius have uh, the wherewithal to listen to Wade Phillips and do the right thing and play to leave as much as he possibly can on Michael Thomas? We'll have to wait and see on that. What do you think about the rest of the matchup? What, what area of this game is the most important to the winning team's success? Oh, that's that's pretty simple. Um. I think it's the Rams running game and offensive line versus the Saints defensive line. And with the big injury news of Sheldon Rankins not going to play this week, I think that's pretty big. With the Rams coming alive in the running game right now, I think that they're definitely going to try to make sure that they, you know, establish the run at least. You know, they might not be breaking off big runs, but they're going to try to establish the run. And you know that that wears down later on in the game. So, I'm looking for that to be a big key of the game. You know, let me, I want to, I want to sit down and watch that. 
make sure um make sure I see if the Saints can hold up without rankings, you know what I'm saying? Because this is that's one of the key areas right now. You have to stop the Rams rushing game. They're going to come, they're going to run the ball. They got newfound life with uh CJ Anderson like you said. He's trucking people, he's running over people, he's giving Gurley the break that he needs. He's letting Gurley be a little more effective in the passing game because of it. So, this is a big one here. That with Talib being out there now, I think that's kind of tipping to the Rams' favor this this time around. I would have to disagree with you on that one. I do agree that they are in a much better position than they were originally, for sure. But, I gotta say, as much as I agree with you on the whole offensive rushing scheme for the Rams going against the Saints defense, I think the Saints passing defense, too. I mean, let me read off a couple of things for you here. Since week 10, the Saints are giving up about 11 points per game less, almost 90 passing yards less, and about 27 points in opponent passer rating. Those are some pretty damn big improvements since week 10. I understand that the offense slowed down a little bit towards the end of the season, but I see them picking things back up. Drew Brees is one of the best passers, passing yardage-wise for sure, in the postseason since like 1970, okay? The guy is amazing. He is always going to put up the stats. He just needs to make sure he's converting and getting into the end zone and not settling for the field goals. That's what's going to determine the games. I really do feel like the field goal kickers are going to be a huge asset and a big focal point of this game. That's what it's going to come down to because both passing attacks are incredible. I like Kamara coming out of the backfield, catching out of the backfield. Not that Gurley can't do that too, but Kamara, that's just that X factor for me. I feel like as much as they even out, I just like Kamara coming across there just a little bit better. He's going to put up a a little bit better stat-wise. I like their passing attack. I like their rushing attack. I like both defenses. I feel like they're going to be able to protect Breeze very well, just like they did before. Donald is not going to be the impact that a lot of people seem to think that he is. Not in this game. They're going to protect Breeze very well. So, I like the Saints. I like the Saints being able to rush all over. I like what you were saying with moving around Michael Thomas, getting him into getting him a lot of open looks and letting Breeze just maneuver around the field. I like the Saints. I like the Saints just putting it all together and putting up a very similar performance to the first one that they had against the Rams. I think the home field advantage That was huge. That's what they played for. That's why they're in New Orleans, and that is going to be a big tipping point. I think Breeze is going over 350 minimum. I could see both quarterbacks putting up damn near 400 yards in this one, but I don't think uh, Goff is going to be up there. I think Goff's going to be a bit short. I think they're going to rely once again on the running game. They're going to rely on the running game to control the clock. They're going to want to run the clock a lot in this game and keep Breeze off the field. But I think the Saints defense is going to be able to get a few turnovers. Like I said, the kickers, they're going to have a big impact on this game. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing, and I look forward to seeing the Saints winning. One quick side note before we finish this off. Um, Saints center Max Unger, Saints tackle Ryan Ramstick, and guard Andrus Pete are all dealing with injuries as well. Yeah, yeah, it's not pretty. It's definitely not pretty. You know what? 
It depends on the extent of the injury. I know a few have a few more severe injuries than others, but Los Angeles Rams had no injuries to report. Well, they're definitely coming in fresher, huh? <laughs> but um, well, I mean that's uh, yeah. <laughs> I get that they're definitely they're they're the fresh face boys, you know. They're the young squad. They're the overachieving young cool LA guys out there to put together the high impact offense and defense run by the young coach but I like the scrappy veterans I like the guys just stringing it together winging a prayer playing great fundamental football and like we saw the first time you know Gurley uh Gurley has trouble with top five defenses dude I we said this the first time around and they shut him down basically and yeah, but, here we are again, you know, he had only 48 yards on average against top five rushing defenses. And I understand. I totally get what we're talking about here. They lost their big anchor up the middle. I totally understand. So it's not the same thing. But the Saints are a good enough team with much. good depth that are, well, yeah, I get that too. But that doesn't necessarily bode well for him. Now, does that mean that C.J. Anderson is going to perform better? Well, that's possible because I feel like their game plan on offense is going to be early on just run C.J. Anderson as hard as they can right down the middle and try to wear down that interior defensive line of the Saints and just get at them early. And then they're going to go with that, see what they have, and they're going to let Gurley start running wild. I feel like they're going to try to chip away as best they can. Do I think it's going to work? Not so much. Not enough in the long run that Breeze isn't going to be able to control the pace of the game and win this one. And now we move on to the late game happening in Arrowhead Stadium. They are hosting. It is the Patriots at the Chiefs. First time they met this season, Rick, the Patriots beat the Chiefs 43-40, but that was in Gillette. So I think Arrowhead, Kansas City, that, uh, what the hell are they called? The Red Wave or the Chiefs Kingdom, whatever dumb bullshit Kansas City comes up with. Uh, I think that's worth three points. I think that's definitely worth three points. So I cannot see the Chiefs. Mahomes, he is not going to buckle under pressure. Tom Brady, listen. All right, asshole. I'm going to talk to you directly. Tom Brady, you are not a fucking underdog. So stop trying to spin this bullshit tale. That you and the Patriots were were forgotten and abused and counted out and downtrodden. Everybody rules you out. You can't win anything. Listen, asshole. People are going to pick against you. It happens. All right? Especially in the world of betting, with odds, people are just going to take a chance. L.A. was a hell of a team. They should have beaten you. But they played stupidly. So, I don't want to hear all this, oh, woe is us. We're the, we're the underdogs. So, nobody thinks we can win. You're not the underdogs of shit. I don't care if that's what the stat lines or the betting odds or anyone says. You are simply not the underdogs. So stop trying to paint this whole big scenario and tell this story where you guys came back from behind and won this triumphant heroic tale where the Patriots closed one out and won their big Super Bowl. It's bullshit. You're on the road. Your record on the road is 3-4 and four in the playoffs, okay? It's not your 20-3 and three fucking home cooking it's just a whole different thing the chiefs are gonna light it up i think the patriots are gonna put up a lot of points as well but the chiefs defense has stepped up at the exact right time and 
what do we know about Brady? We said this last week. The Chargers were not smart enough to put it together. They were not smart enough to have Ingram and Bosa go at him. D4, Justin Houston, that defense. Get in Tom Brady's face and knock him on his ass. That should be what happens. The crowd's going to be on fucking fire. They are going to be electric there in Kansas City. It's going to be amazing. I look forward to Kansas City knocking around the Patriots. They're going to win a high-scoring game. Rick, what do you see? Well, to piggyback off of what you said about Tom Brady. Yeah, too Tom preachy? Brady. Too preachy? No, not too preachy. All right. You're absolutely right. Tom Brady, give it up. Give up the facade, okay? People pick against you. People pick you to win. Just like I'm picking you to win this weekend against the Chiefs. I can't go against experience. I can't go against what I know. And what I know is that the Patriots get it done in situations like this. I love Pat Mahomes. I love the Chiefs. I think they're an explosive offense. But I think that Brady's experience is going to win out here. I think that Bill Belichick's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. You know, some, some wrinkles that Pat Mahomes still hasn't seen. And I think that that's going to be the difference in the game. I think that Sony Michelle is going to control the tempo. I think that uh, Brady's going to hit Edelman, you know, those short possessing catches where he's going to make a few runs after the catch that, that are going to make the, you know, the difference in the game. So I'm looking for the Patriots to come out on top here. Yeah, Rick, I just, uh, I, the coaching to me, I mean, obviously Belichick's the greatest. So to say it's even isn't fair, but it's pretty damn close to even. Andy Reid's a good coach. And he's driven, man. Like, he, he really wants this thing. As much as I said that about Philip Rivers, I think the hungriest motherfucker, even and you'd know it to look at him, is Andy Reid, the giant of the punt, pass, and kick competition. He's just ready to go. That's the last championship I think he claimed, NFL-wise, and he's ready to get his hands on the Lombardi. So, I like Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill just burns the Patriots. This is what he does. He is amazing against the New England Patriots, and I don't see any reason to think that he won't do it this time. Kelsey is going to finally take that step to show I am the dominant tight end in the AFC now. So retire, go to the party boat, hit your booze cruise, old man. You're a bucket of bolts. Tired of seeing you. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, these guys are going to put up. I'm going to say they're going to have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. The two of those players combined will have over 300 yards over the Patriots. Just those two alone. With that in mind, I think Mahomes is just going to go off. He's putting up at least four touchdowns in this one. I think the rushing attack obviously favors the Patriots. They're going to be able to control the clock a little bit better, and that's what they're going to want to do. But... I don't think it's going to matter, man. I think they're going to try and hold the ball as much as possible, and I believe the Chiefs' defense is going to get in there. They're going to disrupt the backfield. They're going to knock Brady on his ass, and I feel like they could even get some, maybe some fumbles in the backfield, maybe a turnover, some points off a turnover, get a good defensive touchdown. I see the Chiefs' defense causing a huge ruckus. And between that and the receiving game, Kareem Hunt, nobody gives a shit that you're gone anymore. I believe the Chiefs are going to be able to get this gun in Arrowhead. I like them a lot. I like them to win a high-scoring game. I'd almost go in just the reverse and say, Chiefs are going to win this one 43-40. Like I said, Arrowhead, it's worth a field goal. So, I like what I see there. Should be fun. Absolutely will be fun, Rick. It is. 
NFL Championship Football Weekend. We cannot wait. We love every bit of it. The games are coming up any minute now. So, Rick, Rick's Picks. Here we are right now. The Rick's Pick Championship Weekend. Who is your official Rick's Picks to go to the Super Bowl? Who's it going to be? It's going to be the Rams and the Patriots. It's going to be the if Rams I'm betting, and the Patriots. All right. If I'm betting, I'm taking the Rams money line as the underdog. I'm taking the Patriots money line as the underdog. If I have to pick over under, I'm going to take the over in both games. I know I'm living on the wild side, but as much as I contradict myself, and I always talk about defense, and I even just said that defense could be the difference in this weekend's matchups. Hey, what's continuity worth? I think that we're going to get some points. If I'm putting money on it, I'm betting on points. Rams money line, Patriots money line, Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl. See me in two weeks for the Super Bowl pick. Once the lines come out, I'll give you my thoughts. Until then, you guys enjoy the games in a couple of minutes. Pat, I hope I beat you this weekend when it comes down to our picks, just so you know. I, well, I'm going to have to disagree with you because I have uh, some money on the line myself this weekend. I am going the other way. I'm not going to get into the whole betting scheme of it all and betting lines and all that, though. That's that's Rick's picks territory. This is six pick Pat, personally. And my picks are the Saints, the Chiefs. That is the Super Bowl. I have half of it right. I had the Saints as my Super Bowl team winning the whole deal. We'll see about that one in a few weeks, like you said. But I am picking them to get there over the Rams. And I went very much against the home teams last week. I'm going very much for the home teams this week. I think the Saints and the Chiefs both get it done. I was wrong about the AFC West representation here. Looks like it's Kansas City instead of LA. That's okay. Mahomes, man, he's uh this is this is a great start for him. I'll give him credit on that one. I don't know where it goes from here, but this is a hell of a start. So Saints and Chiefs, that's my Super Bowl, and that's a great one. I mean the league couldn't really be happier with really any of these matchups when they get to the Super Bowl. It's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. There's going to be enough defense to kind of keep it exciting for the purists of us all that love some good defensive football. So I think the league is very happy. They're in good hands with what we have going on this championship weekend. Saints and Chiefs for me. Rick is picking the Rams and the Patriots. Cannot wait to see what happens. Rick, I will say one thing here, uh, just for a little trivia of it all, I will say uh, this is the chase for Sanchez. You as a Jets fan will probably know even better than I do that, uh, guess what, Mark Sanchez has four road playoff wins, and Tom Brady only has three. So Tom Brady is looking to match Mark Sanchez's road playoff win record. This week, finally going for that fourth road playoff win. We'll see if it can happen. You got anything for that, Rick? <laughs> no. Chasing Sanchez. <laughs> That's right. He's chasing the Sanchez. He's going out there seeing if he can live up to the old butt fumble standard. Oh, Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Mark Sanchez had it so good, man. We were going to be great with him. What the fuck happened? I think I said butt fumble. And, uh, I mean... Contender. Rex uh, was, I don't want to slam Rex too bad, but. Uh, no, Rex wasn't bad, bro. It was Tannenbaum. Fuck this with the roster. I mean, the roster, there was just a lot of little little issues here and there. 
And then there's blue. Our the two whole thing top up. receivers for one season was David Nelson and Jeremy Curley, bro. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah. That's why you can't skimp out. Everybody go out there and uh, spend the draft picks. Spend what uh, you got to to get the players like Antonio Brown, AJ Green, whoever's on the market, whoever uh, people want to sell, buy those motherfuckers because you don't know what you're getting in draft picks. And on that note, and after the Chase for Sanchez uh, trivia update here, that is our show. We greatly appreciate you spending your time with us, whether it be just before the games, just after, whenever you get a chance to listen to us. We always appreciate it. We greatly love every bit of the support, feedback, and we welcome all of it. We hope and we ask of you to go out, subscribe, like, spread the word, tell a friend, tell anybody you know, and give us those uh, five stars and everything else you can think of. So we greatly appreciate it. Follow us on Facebook at the Fourth Quarter Comeback Show page. You can also find us, follow us, and like us on Twitter at 4QC Show. You can find me at Six Pack Pet with the number six. And you can find Rick at. Rick Red Zone. Rick Red Zone. Rick's picks. Let them know how you guys are doing. Let them know what you're betting out there. If you're winning money, you know, let them know. Don't be shy. He doesn't really want your money. When he says he wants his kickback, he's just kidding. So just let him know. Give us some feedback. And on that note, we are going to have our parting shot. On this day, 17 years ago, the biggest travesty in the history of football occurred when the diabolical lie of a franchise known as the New England Patriots stepped up with the help of referee Walt Coleman, the dairy farming devious genius. They decided to make the worst call in history and tainted the league forever by screwing the Oakland Raiders in what is now known as the Tuck Rule Game. Fuck you, Tom Brady. Fuck you, Walt Coleman. Fuck you, everybody associated with that move. Fuck the Patriots. Thank you very much. Fuck the tuck rule as it was abolished shortly after. It was a travesty. It was a lie. It was a bunch of bullshit. Fuck the tuck rule, everybody. Enjoy the game.